I believe it was produced in 1977, and it's called Florida Returns. Really? Yeah, and it's all about Florida comes back, and Mrs. Naugatuck is the maid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, she's welcome with open arms. And Mrs. Naugatuck gets a little persnickety with Florida. She says, look, don't you be touching my liquor. I've got all the bottles marked. And, and, and Florida responds to her, look, you limey lush. I'm a Christian woman. I am not going to be touching your hooch. And, of course, that got a big laugh because, you know, when you mm-hmm. have a, a, a woman with a comic English accent and a sassy black woman, it's, yes. it's, comic, it's comedy gold, Tim. In the 70s, especially. In the 70s, especially. So anyway, Walter comes into the front door and says, Florida, you left this out on the front porch, and he's dragging in her suitcase. And he says, Florida, this is heavy. What, what do you have a dead body in this? And Florida panics. And she's like, oh, no, I, no, I, don't, <laughs> I don't have a dead body in there. And Maud grabs her by the arm and whisks her into the kitchen and she says, you know, Florida, we've been through a lot together. You can be up front with me. You helped me bury my third husband. Yeah, we talked about that last week. Exactly. And Florida had to come clean that she had bludgeoned her husband James to death with a hammer and stabbed him multiple times. Okay. Um, uh, cut to that evening. And they're, uh, Maud and Florida are dragging the suitcase with James' body out. And they start digging the grave in the backyard. And unfortunately, they hit a gas line and the neighborhood explodes. And wow. that was, it was kind of, it was planned to be the cliffhanger for that season. Um, and they were going to try to kill two birds with one stone because both B. Arthur, who played Maud, and Esther Roll, who played Florida, were just making too many demands in their contracts. So yes. they decided they were going to cancel one. They hadn't made up their minds yet. They were going to cancel one show. And the other show, they were just going to recast another actress and just have her wrapped in bandages from head to toe oh, for, for that season until they figured out what to do. Because you don't want to cancel two shows, you know? No. Uh, yeah. And the sad part about it was that Florida told her kids that James, her husband, was killed in a car crash in Mississippi. So That's they right. were living a lie all that time. But yeah, if you get that, if you get a chance to catch that, Tim, it's called Florida I, Returns. I almost think you're making this up. The unaired. What does your gut tell you, Tim? <laughs> Go with your gut. It's the SETI BIMCO Show. John is one of your hosts, and Tim is the other. One is wacky, and one doesn't grasp the concept of tabletop hygiene. Let's see what trouble they get into this week. She did have a new husband. No, she had a boyfriend named Carl, right? She had a boyfriend named Carl. They went, he had a... They didn't get married. I don't know if it was lung cancer. No, they did wind up getting married. And that was another thing that uh, Esther rolled. She was very upset about the direction the show was going. He disappeared at the next season, just like uh, Richie's older brother in Happy Days. uh, What was Richie's older brother's name? Why is it? I don't know, but he disappeared after one season. He did disappear. What was his name? Chuck. Chuck Chuck was his name. I think Maude had murdered him. Maude had murdered Yeah. Chuck, (laughs) Chuck, Chuck Cunningham. That was the older brother. When when they need to get rid of someone on the show, they just call Maude. They just call Maude. I think she maybe she killed off Edith. Yeah, she might have. Maybe 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 Edith had seen, and they were going to tackle the theme of euthanasia, and maybe yes. you know mm-hmm. poor Edith had this like incurable disease, and Maud just came as an angel of mercy and just put her out of her misery. <laughs> that was another proposed episode. Um, I don't have the website handy where you can actually find <laughs> yes. these nuggets, but yes. just trust me on this. You've given me many nuggets. Thank you. I have so many nuggets to work with. I try. It's the SETI BIMCO show. It's SETI BIMCO show. It's the SETI BIMCO show, and it's episode 11. The show where we look back at the uh, funny or tragic or weird stories of high school, and we look back at our at movies from our high school years. Mm-hmm. And this week is a week where we're talking about a movie. Yeah. But... But we had a great guest last week. I'm still so excited. I got to interview someone who made a, a Sasquatch movie, and he's an actor, mm-hmm. director, producer. Uh, he's a great guest. So if you haven't seen that episode, and if you haven't watched the movie The Sighting or The Triangle, uh, John enjoyed one of those. 
Did you see the sighting? I finally saw the sighting, yes. Yeah. Oh, and okay. his name was Adam Pittman. I don't know if you mentioned Adam. Adam Pittman, yes. Yeah, okay. No, I did see the sighting. It was it was wonderful. And the other one, what was the other one? Roulette, the shorter film? Was that yes. the name? Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw that too. The, the one that's like free on YouTube now. Yes. I did yes. see that, yes. No, both, well, all wonderful. But he was talking about Grizzly 2, The Revenge, which is mm-hmm. the... Did you did you read up on that at all? A little bit. I saw who's in it and how it got seized by the the Russians because they were, I forget they they filmed in Hungary, which was communist at the time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, seized uh, seized by your people, John. Seized by my people. <laughs> I I went to Hungary when it was communist. Actually, Budapest was a very beautiful city. I think it sustained very minimal damage in World War II, so a lot of the old architecture was still standing. Nice. But, you know, they have George Clooney, Charlie Sheen, Laura Dern above, you know, above the title. But yes. apparently they're like only in a scene. Like they, say they they're camping and they get killed. It's like those random kids. that you Are they know, are they the campers who get killed by Maud? Ex- by Maud. Or in and then case, the grizzly comes along and tears them apart more. And takes the rat. <laughs> Maud, Maud, Maud frames the grizzly. Yeah. I and in the end, they pull it off like Scooby-Doo and it's B. Arthur. Like Maud Finley. Also, before we start, I want to thank the Movie Mixtape Podcast and give them a little hype because I listened to their episode and I sent them a, an email Monday. Mm-hmm. And let's see, that will come out next week, but this show is taped four weeks ahead. And I just wanted to say they did Whiplash and next week they're doing Roman Holiday. So I wrote in to say, hey, just so happens this week you'll hear a great story about Gregory Peck because that won't, anyway this is getting complicated. The episode yeah. with your Gregory Peck story will air next oh, week as we record this. Next week? Okay. And also we talked with Adam who had some stories about J.K. Simmons who was yes. in Whiplash. And I wrote all this in their email and I said, "Sorry, I basically wrote you an email hyping my own show, our own show." So I wanted to give them some hype here. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I was going to email. Because I've been listening to the great Dante read through with oh. Simon and Edie, um, okay. I'm, I'm not getting in, I'm not getting along with that as quickly as I'd like to, and it's not because of the material. It's wonderful, just you know, with the two jobs and everything that's going on right now. I just I, I and you got to read. I got to read the novel, the graphic novel is what <laughs> yes. I need to do. Um, so. And then and uh, so, but like I, you know, I'm like, oh, I want it because. Uh, George, or excuse me, Dirk and Marcy did the uh, the Hunger last week with David right. Bowie, Susan Sarandon, yes, and Catherine Deneuve. Mm-hmm. And I had some suggestions about Catherine Deneuve, a couple movies that they might want to do. The, but I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'll email them because why not? I don't, well, I don't know. I'm just kind of. I'm they actually a very. In, in reality, I'm a really shy person. Wow. Like I can do well with people. Who obviously I've known for a long time. People like, who you look down on, yeah. You're no, Tim, I've always looked up to you. I've always, <laughs> I've always aspired to be you. Um, you know, I can, I, I, I can, I can do like a play in front of a thousand people, which I've done. I can't speak in front of ten people though. Maybe because yeah. I can see well, them all. Yeah, I like, I, I like the ten people. I've done, gone on tour with my book, and if see, it's it twenty, just, ten I people, then they'll talk to me. Yeah, but I can talk with them. You're doing a show. And I'm right. I'm talking maybe about something, maybe. and I'm like, you want to ask me about it? You want to talk about it? Maybe I just don't think I'm that interesting. Yeah, if it's two thousand people, I can't say. Oh, sorry, I'm, so I'm ignoring I'm, you. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm <laughs> yeah. going to I'm going to send Simon and Edie an email. I'm going to send Dirk and Marcy an email, and I'll okay. send George O'Connor an email. Speaking of George O'Connor, our episode Uh-oh. with him dropped. Yes. Yes. We are taping four weeks in advance. This yes. this was um, this was last week. Uh, on the same day. NPR's Morning Edition ran an interview with him. That's true. We gave NPR a big bump. They are, you know, they're stealing. They are stealing material <laughs> from us. And by the way, George, twelve Greek Olympian graphic novels of the Norse are only going to be four. As a man of Norwegian es- uh, ancestry <laughs> who lived in Sweden, I'm not offended by that at all. But anyway. <laughs> Then you sent me, and well, I believe that's a local NPR show on WNYC with the "quote unquote" ABBA expert. Yes. Who, who <laughs> it was ABBA Day? Explain. It was ABBA Day last week. It was week. ABBA Day. It was the 48th anniversary of their winning Eurovision with Waterloo. 
Mm-hmm. And except for switching from driving on the left side of the road to the right side of the road, <laughs> that it. woman stole every one of my ABBA facts. I get so. She's an ABBA expert because she's got a European accent. Is that how it works? Is she is she our one German listener? Maybe she might be. Well, there we go. Now <laughs> we've got no. Now we've got nobody in the Bundesrepublik. One more connection between movie mixtape and. And our Ringo episode, Ringo was about a drummer and Whiplash was about a drummer. I was like, there was so many coincidences going on. <laughs> I had to write about it. So sorry. Sorry, Dirk, Marcy. And speaking of musicians, I don't know if you heard this, but in in Brooklyn, at, at, I'm not going to advertise for them. I'm not going to advertise for them and tell you which hotel it is in, but in a Brooklyn hotel mm-hmm. and Ju- on July 8th, I'll say the date, a musician... I'm doing air quotes, so John, a musician is going to perform. Take, oh, music, musician is in air quotes? Yes, he's going to perform. He has learned to play the guitar. And you want to give any one guess? You're not going to guess, but I'll, I'll give you. Don't tell me this is like when I got dragged into this show. It was a. It was in Raleigh. It was a band, and he was playing. Was he playing harmonica or kazoo? It was Macaulay Calkin. You were on stage with him? I was not on stage with him. I was in the crowd. I was an audience oh, member. But you got dragged up there. I mean, we got dragged up there. It was something pizza. I can't was remember. Was this his now. band? Ele- you're saying elect- electric pizza? Yeah, but all he did was like all he did was like play the kazoo or the harmonica. It was some sort of mouth instrument. I can't remember. Yeah, right. and most of the time, he just stood up there on stage and just kind of bopped his head around. So is it, is he it smacked kind of after he, he smacked after Shavon's face and did this <laughs> and did the scream. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, no, I so is but is it along but, those lines? Well, uh, no, I don't want to say that. That's mean. It's it's Mr. John Hinckley, who has been you know released oh. to live with his mother. Yes, <laughs> and he's on Twitter saying, "I wish I could show you his face. His face, no joy whatsoever." But he's like, "I'll be performing July eighth. Sales are great. Comes in. and it says with special guests. Who who is John Hinckley's special guest?" <laughs> Louise Fletcher. And <laughs> oh, come on. Louise Fletcher uh, and, uh, yeah. Oh, boy. Wow. But I knew, a, I knew an artist person. He wasn't my friend. This was here in Brooklyn also. He, as a, as a performance art, he let people pay to be, an, to be audience members at the live birth of his wife's baby. They, oh, could, wow. they could sit and watch. And up until this point, I thought that was the worst idea for a live performance but now now john hinckley's playing so no the worst i had i was and it was in new york <laughs> john give my give my joke a laugh at least oh yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> i'm sorry no that was good i think i'm on delay here but anyway i'm wondering like if yoko's gonna show up Oof. and Oof. somebody and somebody pat her down no wait wait you're confusing this john hinckley He's Reagan's guy. Oh, that's right. Reagan. Oh, I'm thinking of Chapman. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Oh, yes. Jodie Foster will show up. No, she's going to stay away. It's going to be 10, 10 songs about Jodie Foster, maybe. I don't know. I guess it's because he actually did. He didn't actually kill Reagan. Yeah. He's about, he, he's obviously mentally ill, and he's been released to stay with his mom. And they probably have him so hopped up on psychotic drugs, that probably hence the blank but he's, stare. he's old. How how old must his mom be to be taking care of him? I see. I was under the He's impression old. I read that she passed away recently, too. So I don't know who's taking care of him. I don't know. Anyway, so I'll be are there. You go, are you going? I'll be there. Oh, sure, I'll be there. Oh, I know you will. <laughs> I'll be the jerk wearing a Jodie Foster mask. Sit in the front row. Because <laughs> you know some idiot will do that. You know, it's, it's, it's Williamsburg, all... Brooklyn. So this week... Well, last week we watched a movie that John chose, so I'm going to let... I hope John has a little synopsis to read. I do. It's a movie um, It came out in 1970. It's considered a science fiction horror film, and the name of the movie is Trog, as in troglodyte. And it's a story about the discovery of a troglodyte in 20th century United Kingdom. Uh, Joan Crawford... Is a renowned is a renowned anthropologist who learns about this prehistoric man or precursor to man living in the caves outside of the town. The previous film we did was Psychomania, which was George Sanders' last film. This was the last film of 
Joan Collins. Joan Crawford. Did I say Joan oh, Collins? Oh, oh, sorry. No, no. I said it. Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, I don't, you know. <laughs> you know, I do love me. Again. Joan Collins would have been awesome in this movie. Yes, she would have. I wonder if she turned it down. But anyway, so it's basically, it's, it's, no, I was, it's not basically. I was, I was thinking of Joan Rivers. Joan so, Rivers would have been awesome in this movie. Joan Rivers would have been awesome in this Oh, my God, I can totally see that. Shut me down. I'm not, I'm not going to do that joke. No, don't. Please don't. So anyway, sorry. Go ahead. That's where she got the inspiration for her plastic surgery from Trog. Is that what no, no? I mean, oh, okay, I... okay. <laughs> so anyway, it was. Are you okay? I'm okay. New chair. Oh, all right. You know what? I didn't bring the office. I realize I'm sitting in the wooden chair. Oh well. I didn't hear a squeak yet. Okay, I did hear the other chair squeak. It's an old office chair. Who knows? <laughs> I think maybe. I think maybe Ray got it when he bought the heating pad. But anyway. <laughs> um, Go back a few episodes. You'll get that joke if you're just tuning in for the first time. We're building the SETIverse. Yes, we are building the SETIverse. So basically, let's let's just you know let's just call it what it is. Joan Joan Crawford's career was, it's safe to say, in the crapper at this point. Um, mm-hmm. She had done a movie in the early '60s with Betty Davis, her longtime nemesis. And I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna get into that because that could be a 13 episode podcast on its own. Name of the movie was Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Two washed up actresses. One of the biggest hits of that year. And then suddenly they're getting offered roles. Unfortunately, all the roles are getting offered are in horror movies. Uh, Do you know why this was? Why would that suddenly happen? Because what happened happened to Baby Jane was such a hit. And 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 these quote unquote studios thought they had a formula. So Joan Crawford did some uh, films yeah. like uh, Straight Jacket and Berserk. Hmm. Um, yeah, she was supposed to do whatever happened. Not what it was originally supposed to be called. Whatever happened to Cousin Charlotte? Hush, hush, sweet Charlotte. She infamously dropped hmm. out of it about a month into production. Olivia De Havilland came in, so they were yeah. So th- this was just and I could go on about Mommy Dearest. That's another thirteen episode podcast. I'm not even going to begin. <laughs> But it's just safe to say. Okay. And I don't understand why Joan Crawford did this because she her estate when she passed away seven years later was like $2 million in 1977. That was a pretty good chunk of change. So it wasn't that she needed to do it yeah. financially. She was still on the board of Pepsi-Cola, the seat that was held by her late husband, Alfred Steele. So, and we saw Pepsi in this movie. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And of course, according to legend, those Pepsi cups she was walking around with were 100 proof vodka. Oh, yeah, no. Which yeah, she couldn't get too. in the United Kingdom. She had her priorities. <laughs> and she researched that too. She's probably calling all over from LA, like get, trying to find a liquor store in London that will give her 100 proof vodka. And then finally, somebody <laughs> said to her, Ma'am, you can't get 100 proof vodka in the United Kingdom. And so she slammed the phone down and said, Yep. So, Start packing crates. I'm, I'm, Mama needs to bring <laughs> vodka with her to, to jolly old England. They, they don't. They don't have lunatics in England. So like I'm this. guessing, and maybe it's the same case with George Sanders. I don't think George Sanders really needed the money. He had this beautiful villa in Spain. So I guess well, it was. I guess you like I, attention well, if you're an actor. Ego. Okay, let's be kind. It's their. They strive for the creativity, but it's. But let's call it. It's their ego. They want yeah. to be in front of the camera. Okay, so let's get into Trog. Was that well, the end of well, your synopsis? No, 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 baby. Well, I was the end of, of <laughs> no. Well, I thought we. I thought I. Tim, it's called. It's called I build up. But synopsis is like three sentences, John. You've been talking for ten minutes. <laughs> there's there's editing. So basically, <laughs> my synopsis was she finds this troglodyte, and then I now I'm going to get into the movie because. I really can't. I mean, it's, I'm going to have to actually kind of go through the movie here. So I'm going to start with the opening scene. Okay. John, can I you start know, with the opening you, scene? You or do you have a lot to say? Scene. Sure thing, Tim. We got to trade off a little bit. <laughs> no, it's my show. I'm taking over. First of all, I was, and I'm joking. I love England. I was like, what? What are all these different terms? They, they don't have the correct terms for anything. These three guys are. They explore caves, which is called spelunking right. in America. And, and 
anyway, they go into a cave and they find under an underground uh, pond, river. I don't know. They don't say what it is, but they're like, we don't want to call the sub aqua team. Have you ever? Did you? Maybe it's a, maybe it's an English <laughs> and I was thing. Like, I don't know. Maybe we could ask Dirk about it. Well, I was yeah, I was laughing at it. I was already call up Dirk and make fun of him, but I looked it up, and in, in and in Britain, that's what they call scuba uh, scuba divers, the sub aqua team. That's Maybe their term the person in England who named him had dyslexia and just got the number, the letters <laughs> sub aqua instead of scuba. I don't know. Dirk, Dirk, Dirk get, get back, back to us on that. But anyway, I, I used to be in the outing club in Ithaca when I lived up where John near, near where John is, and I did a little spelunking, and right away I was like, "That's not for me. I'm not crawling through little holes." And and I want to point out that in this movie they find a river and like, "Well, let's let's strip down to our underwear and swim." And I'm like, "No, in a cave diving, you don't you don't want to get wet or cold at all. You'll uh, get hypothermia. Yeah. You'll you'll That's die." Why you need the sub aqua team with their special suits. <laughs> yes. Because even he jumps in, he goes, it's but ice what I was cold. Sur- it's like, well, yeah, duh. <laughs> yeah, but the thing I noticed was, I know nothing, the director, know nothing about him. But what I found interesting was, this movie opens with, like, uh, uh, eye candy for the guys. These two buff guys who, one of them is a, fa- a well-known bodybuilder. Did you look him up? Do you already know this? Mr. His name was John Hamill. John Hamill. Yes. He was... He's the guy who survived. And even when I was watching that, I was like, oh, you guys are like. Great. Yeah, really there, was a, there was a very, very homeoerotic. Uh, a very... Yeah, because nowhere else in the movie, like the women don't strip down to do anything. Mm-hmm. I, in these old movies, you, you expect that. Yeah. So, yeah, he I looked him up and he's well known for being a bodybuilder. If you type his name into to yeah. the Internet, you yeah. will find many naked yes. and not naked, naked or wearing his swimsuit yes, pictures I did, of him. He's, he's well known. They do, they do put those filters on Google for a reason. Sometimes you need to listen to him because I what? did. What yeah, filters? Because sometimes, because there's a lot more than him than just him in his boxer shirts, and I'm just going to leave it like that. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was. Just, I just wanted to say I was surprised the movie started out with with beefcake for guys. So it was very odd for back then. Unusual for back it then. It was very unusual for back then. And they knew nothing about caving because yeah, they, they, you know, they were going to get hypothermia. Oh, and let's let's say this right now, John. Every, except for Joan, every actor in this movie was in an episode of Doctor Who. I got tired of checking them all. Yes. I was like, okay, I'm not going to name. Didn't them. That. Yeah. They were all in. They were all in Doctor yes, Who at yes. one point. And one was in Keeping Up Appearances, which I know you hate. But uh, yep. he played. I don't hate it, but I was like, there it he, is. That's he, why he John wanted to watch it. He was the one who so didn't strip down. <laughs> he was the one who actually works with Joan throughout the film. Yes. Um, yes. So anyway, oh, oh, I, I'm sorry. I did just want to interject something here. You were asking about the director. His name was Freddie Francis, and he is an Academy Award-winning cinematographer. Oh, yes, okay, I for Sons and Lovers in 1960 and Glory in 1989. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, did you want to say something about the beginning I missed, or are you going to say the same thing? No, that was basically the same thing. Like very homoerotic beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, keep your filters on on Google when you when you Google John Hamill. And it was very, it was also very like uh, schoolgirlish because when the second guy stripped down went went in the the third guy's like, "What are you doing? This is crazy!" And he goes and he's and he says, "Well, if you don't want to do it, it's just me and John from now on." And <laughs> he swam off mm-hmm. angrily. <laughs> anyway, very so, catty. Yes. So they get swimming through the underground, we'll call it an underground channel. Sure. Sure. And Bill, the first guy who had gone into the water, suddenly comes <laughs> face to face with Trog. Yes. And and, and, and and did you read, or do you want to say it, that Trog's costume was a leftover monkey suit from 2001? Did you find that fact? Obviously, I did see that. Except and and only, the, only the head. They didn't bother well, getting the rest of it. Like, couldn't you just like glued a little fur like on the rest of the body? It was like, yeah, it was like the head from like the neck up. All hairy. Nothing and then else. like smooth as a baby's bottom from the neck down. You know, it's like. He'd been shaving all those years. He'd been shaving. shaving, yeah. So the, uh, yeah, well, everybody knows that <laughs> underground, uh, Glacier channels uh, do have a depilatory effect on body hair. I guess that's yeah what we're getting. You got in, it. Uh, it is true. 
but thank God he he wore underwear. There's a few scenes where I was like, oh, you got underwear on. Thank goodness. I did notice that. <laughs> I was like, is that, is that, yeah. They, yeah, didn't, they was, hadn't invented the bidet back in his day, so I didn't want to yes. see any. <laughs> and my, my only, unless, of course, Trog had some sort of subhuman super strength. Right. Like he just sort of tackled Bill, the guy he kills. Well, he's a wild man. And, and but then but then when then they do the close up on the body and it's like all bloody and beaten and it's like <laughs> he really didn't beat him that badly. It was just kind of like kind of like a like a wrestling move when you're like a seven year old kid where you don't really know how to wrestle. Right, and, and he was know, a wrestler. And he was a wrestler. Yes, you sent me that. The, link. the Trog, the actor who played Trog. I wrote his name somewhere. We'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it later. Um, the the next scene is the um, the Brockton Institute, which is like this old English manor house. Mm-hmm. And the police inspector walks in and says he has to speak to Dr. Brock, Brockton, who, which is the character played by Joan Crawford. And mm-hmm. you hear that, and no matter how old you get, how old she got, that Joan Crawford voice was always the same. And she's like, <laughs> right. show him in immediately. <laughs> and so basically and- the premise is, is that... Uh, the the guy who didn't strip down to his underwear, the guy who was on keeping up appearance, he lived. He lived, and he, <clears throat> so the cop asked him why why didn't you bring why didn't you contact us right off the bat? And he said, "Well, my friend was dying, and and I brought him right here because it was the closest place, and I had to take care of my friend." So <laughs> Joan Joan has. But what is this institute? Did you ever figure it out? It's some sort of she's an anthropologist. Anthropology, yes, okay. She's an anthropologist, and the, and the uh, Malcolm that was the character's name, the student, the one who the one who didn't get attacked by Trog. He is a zoology. He's in his okay. last term of university. Everything was lucky for Trog here. Everything was very lucky for Trog. So Joan goes up to look in on Grant, the the guy who survived the the attack, the Trog attack. And he, okay. he's heavily he's like the eyes and the death. and I've never seen anything like it before. And he just sort of goes back into his dope induced sleep. And from that, Joan Collins. Or Joan, now you got me saying Joan, <laughs> Joan Collins. Collins. Joan Crawford deduces <laughs> that there is some missing link out, <laughs> some sort of animal or some sort of that man does not know about. That's what she got out of that 15-second right. dope, dope-induced conversation. She's, a, she's an excellent anthropologist. She knows she, her stuff. So they, they go through and they so, sort of – sorry, go ahead. No, I was just uh, – nothing. There's really nothing to say about that. It was just all confusing. This, yeah. Why, yeah. why uh, and the police are suddenly upset and she's going to go look and – Right. So they go up to the – yeah, so let's just fast forward. It's not really fast-forwarding that – much well, she a, she puts on a nice suit and she does take a picture of Trog picking up a rock, ready to throw it at her. We never find out how they escaped. Just right <laughs> at that, just at the second she lifted the camera, yes. she should have been she should have been looking for Sasquatch. She would have gotten that photo like yep. back in 1940. Because <laughs> how fortuitous for her. She just the, she she doesn't even but, know she's taking a picture. She's just taking a picture of the cave. Yes, but he was going to throw a rock at her. He was going to throw a boulder at her. <laughs> And she just happened, and one shot, one shot, Tim. No, but my point is, how'd she get away? He was going to throw a boulder at them. I don't know. Why didn't I, he? They never did. That's something on the cutting room floor, probably. That's a that's a big a big missing piece. A big missing. This probably would have been a great film if they had kept that scene. If they could have explained that. Climbing, getting after, away. Because I was believing it up until this point. <laughs> just like the triangle last week. Just, just like the triangle last week. I was like, this is a fantastic documentary. And then I was like, wait a second here. How'd you get away from that troglodyte with the polar? <laughs> so, yeah, you're right, Tim. After that, this movie was ruined for me. <laughs> so they, and, but, yeah. but what a crack shot Joan, Joan Crawford was. Oh, right. Well, you're getting she ahead got, of yourself here. Well, not really. This is like suddenly the cops come. The, the news media, everybody. News media and everybody, and there's like it's like and, a fourth. It's, fourth, it's like a Fourth of July picnic. And John, and I mean, like the whole town is out there. You know what stood out to me? There's a truck there called Peak News. Peak and I'm News. Like, everything in Britain is BBC, BBC One, BBC Four. What? What was? I think that was fake, John. 
Yeah, that, well, that was fake. They probably BBC, <laughs> BBC was like, oh, no, we do not want to be associated. We do not want to be associated. Unless it's like some sort of pirate. Yeah, because like in 1970, now they've got independent TV stations, you know, ITV and Skybox. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So, but so, they all show up to go into the cave now. They get lights and cameras in there. It was, and back then, getting a camera in a cave. Oh, I know. It worked. And it worked, and they and the satellite hookup worked perfectly in the cave. Like he was, he was able to broadcast. I was like, half the time I can't get my internet to work in my apartment, and it's twenty twenty two. They were able to get a razor sharp image. Yep. On nineteen seventies technology, this this is an amazing. This is these people are very fortuitous. I'm just going right. to say that. Right when the troglodyte came out of the water. Yes, with the scuba diver dead. Yeah. Well, excuse me. The aqua. What is it? The aqua squad. Is that what we call them? The, the hydro. Was it hydroactus aqua? Let me go aqua. back up here. I wrote it down. Oh, this the sub aqua team. The sub aqua team. The member of the sub aqua. Because I want to be using. The, I want to be using the, the correct terms when he pulls the sub <laughs> member of the sub aqua team out on live TV. On live TV. And I think the, I expected Jack Ruby to step out and like uh, shoot exactly. someone. <laughs> Jack Ruby, oh my god! And then he, <laughs> then he then he picks up a boulder. Unfortunately, <laughs> he was not as lucky as Joan Crawford with the camera. He nope. gets like just pummeled with the boulder. Yep. And I think that's so pummeling been, people. There may have been one other death, but those are the only two I can recall off the top of my head. So Prague comes out of the cave, and of course, he's, his eyes have to get adjusted to the sunlight because he hasn't been. He's had no vitamin D whatsoever. In 100,000 years, how long would it have been? Six? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. That's and Joan Crawford has the tranquilizer rifle in the backseat of her car. <laughs> and she just pulls that rifle out and bam, first shot goes right into like his shoulder. She's an anthropologist. She needs that gun. She knows her stuff. She's, this, this, ain't, this ain't her first rodeo. <laughs> And, of course, he rips it out, and then she does a second shot. I'm not sure if that one hit, but then the third shot, and he just, like... Yeah, they weren't clear. They weren't clear, but then she had some extra tranquilizer in the syringe because she wasn't sure how long... Shot him three times. Let's make sure he's... Yeah, yeah, let's make sure he's really doped up. After she gave him the shot, then she got out some... uh... Anyway, never mind. mind. (laughs) Trying to make a joke about her giving him more drugs. She sat him up and lit up a joint with him anyway. Yeah, they pass it back and forth. It's a little blonde half shirt from her last trip to the coffee houses in Amsterdam. <laughs> so they get him, get him back to uh, a cage that she conveniently has because she's an anthropologist. She's an anthropologist. She just, I guess, anthropologists always have cages. See, I, I never took anthropology. Maybe I would have learned that had I taken that. You know, the, the required syllabus for the course: the textbook, the workbook. <laughs> And a cage in your house. <laughs> Joan instantly falls in love with this guy. Seems like I, I mean, I, in a and not in a in love. I mean, not you know, like caring, a way, but yeah, instantly in like a, in a motherly, perhaps a maternal. I think she had like some maternal. Yeah. Just like in Mommy Dearest. I'll bet you. I was going to say I'll bet you Christina Crawford was very jealous of the troglodyte in this film. <laughs> My mother beat me with wire hangers. <laughs> But yet she loves the troglodyte. Oh, she gave the troglodyte a little doll, and what what did she first do? Well, she, yeah, first they just had a speech. Was it, like, was it like a little toy rocket or some? It was some sort of like mechanical. I mean, was it a rocket or a truck? No, and he it was like a train. The, uh, no, there was a train. Oh, later. the one he breaks. Yes, the one he breaks. That's what I'm talking about. And then the doll, and he learns right. to wind the doll up. Like he, all he has to do is look at it once. Mm-hmm. Just Maybe wind-up technology is older than we realize. It's it's a white blonde doll, John. It's a white blonde doll, That's yeah. what the, the, everybody's like, ooh. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like so, King Kong. King, I'm, I'm getting into a... Well, actually, you're right. kind of getting ahead. The ending is King, very King Kong-ish, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I won't get into the race stuff. I was trying to say white, blonde white, a blonde white doll. I was just trying to say... It reminded me of the doll... That Cornelius and Zira found in the cave at mm-hmm. the end of the original Planet of the Apes. Maybe these movies are connected. Did did I hear her wrong? Or did she say in the movie, Trog is not a carnivore? Now here, here's some lizards and fish here's for me. Lizards and fish. Yeah. Did he did she say that? She said Trog is not a carnivore, but he has to get protein. 
So here's some fish and lizards that, that he loves. And he ate them <laughs> like he's been eating them? He ate those fake prop animals like he'd been it's eating like, them for years. It's like, you know, we're at, we're, we're at the age when you went to college with a hippie kid who was raising the commune, basically. Yes. And had been a vegetarian all his life because of his hippie parents. Right. And then and suddenly then... he gets to the dining hall at college mm-hmm. and has like ribs for the yes. first time. And there's like no stopping him after that. No. It's like, dude. Uh, anyway, you got me off the track. You no, know, he started I'm... taking stuff off my plate. I'm like, dude, I'm not finished with that burger yet. Wait, hold up. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. Sorry, I dropped the ball on that one. No, that's quite all right. No, you didn't. No, I'm actually, trying to, that, was a, I'm that was a great trying segue. Yeah, trying to yes segue. and you. It's a segue, okay. It's a great segue. No, it's, oh. no I, I was trying to make it relatable. We had a lot of Bible talk in this movie where she's supposedly, I think they tried to add some meaning, but they really... Yeah, stopped. there was because you had um, Sam Murdoch, the businessman, Michael Goh. Now, why did he hate... The troglodyte because, so bad, he was a, because he was a businessman and he was trying to get a housing development going yeah. and he thought that the troglodyte <laughs> would be bad publicity for like who was oh. going to come who was going to come to a it'd be like who's going to move into the neighborhood where neighborhood john hinckley where john hinckley's staying you know <laughs> what know. i'm saying and who is going to move to a neighborhood where the troglodyte like, is, is playing it, the guitar you know, so the realtor you know the realtors you know we're walking out the door i'm like oh nice house i'm like is, and then I look across the street and they were like, is that? Who, John Hingley or the troglodyte? John, John Hingley, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or we are maybe with the troglodyte, too. You know, they're coming out to look at the new housing and they're like, is that a troglodyte? <laughs> Playing guitar. Playing guitar. <laughs> burying that motorcycle driver up to his shoulders. <laughs> That's right. Didn't want a neighborhood with his troglodytes living. <laughs> that was the... This was so, the worst, the worst display of British class, the cl- British class system yet, in all the movie British movies we've watched. Yes, yes, it is. Re- they look down on the lowly troglodyte. They look down on the. It's really terrible. He'll never you know, be. Se- a, se- they'll know, never. Se- what? The rumor is several members of the royal family are troglodytes. Yes, that's true. And I don't think they're going to let a troglodyte on uh, the the Great British uh, Bake Off either. It's, just, it's still well, you know, the, 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 still the, taboo. The, you know the the. Um, the, uh, the the royals have been inbreeding since the primordial ooze. Yes. So, yeah, there's probably a lot of troglodyte DNA in them. True. Much like true. your Neanderthal DNA, Tim, but that's yes. another story. Oh, yeah, this is, I should bring that up. This, uh, I, you know, I got my DNA test. I think we I'm, all I'm, we can I'm, have – we all have a certain amount, but I have, I have on the high end uh, DNA of uh, – Neanderthal <laughs> DNA. Why you look on your face? The look on your face, you're like so proud. It's like, and I'm on the high end. And the look on your face, you're so proud about this excess of Neanderthal (laughs) DNA. I figure that makes me strong. I don't know. (laughs) Next time you come to next time you come to dinner, I'll have my mother make fish and lizards. (laughs) Okay. You don't have to make them. There's no cookie involved. <laughs> yeah, there's no cooking. They didn't have heat, but they didn't have cooking back then. No. I'm an anthropologist. I know what I'm talking about. No heat, no bidets. So thank no God heat, he no had bidets underwear. Anyway. For free underwear. And and some sort of depilatory. But anyway. Um so then they have so, like an inquest. They want like the the um this Sean Mur or Sam Murdoch, excuse me. Played by Michael Goh, who played. Well, of course, you were talking about he was in the Doctor Who. Universe. He was in Doctor Who. What, I forget twice, once in the sixties, once in the eighties. But he was in something else. You don't tell me, right? I forget. The uh, the first four Batman movies, he played Alfred Pennyworth. That's so true. Wow. Yeah, he's one of those character actors. Like he's in everything. Like I've seen him in he so did? many things, but I he could walk by me on the street and I wouldn't know who he was. So anyway, so they have this, like, what would you call it, an inquest in the courtroom, and this judge is going to decide, to decide yeah. <laughs> if the troglodyte... There was, like, missing scenes there, too, because I don't know how they got from feeding well, him lizards and fish and teaching him how to wind up dolls to... To, we got to kill him, maybe. To this courtroom, yeah. So that was kind of... There, there's something on the cutting room floor there, too. And Mr. Murdoch is just... Oh, well, the funny thing in the courtroom scene was maybe it's the next one. There's two of them. Yes. So I don't mean to get ahead of you, but but the only thing to note about the courtroom scene is um, Joan's coworker basically stabs her in the back because he 
he wants that's a promotion, a, and he's like, yeah, the, yeah, that's the, yeah. That's in the second court. Scene, but but yes. Joan Jones says, I accuse him of treachery, and everybody goes, oh, and, and which I was is, like, what? What is that? Which actually is probably against the law in the UK still. <laughs> To, to accuse someone of treachery. Yeah. <gasps> yes. You know, it's like, I think, he, I think, I think you can get, I, I think it's the only crime you can still get the death penalty for in the UK. Mm-hmm. I hear, oh, that that's was, true. I hear that that's why the, Miss Nagatak came to work for Maud. That's right. She, cause she, she was, was escaping. Beating. She was, yes, she was escaping a treachery charge in her yes. native England. <laughs> she was. <laughs> and the United she, States, the United States will not extradite for a treachery charge. I think she 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 beat a troglodyte to death without permission, she, and she's she like <laughs> Joan Crawford's. Yeah, that was her. they that found was another the, one. That was that was in the second. That was in the second courtroom Sequel. scene. Okay. Yeah, the, yeah, which wound up. Oh God, talk about being sexist because, like, uh, you know, Mister Murdoch is like goading him. You know, well, yes. you don't want to work for a woman. You know, I know. Yeah, you must be really hard <laughs> taking orders from a woman. <laughs> you know. And it's our taxpayer money going to this to research yeah, to a woman, yeah. <laughs> and in between the two courtroom scenes, they start letting Trog out. Oh, uh, oh yeah, out out in the lawn. I was out yeah, in the very lawn, strange. And then they're playing with a ball, and the neighbor's German Shepherd comes over. Was it the neighbors? It was just like a random dog, John. It was the neighbors. <laughs> they said in the second courtroom scene, they talked about the. Oh, okay. Except I notice they don't call it a German Shepherd; they call it a Shepherd dog. I don't think I don't think like in 1970. I think the wounds from the war were still fresh, and I don't think they would have called it a German Shepherd. I noticed that. I, I'm wondering yes. if that Dirk, if you're listening, <laughs> let us know. He's just a random dog, so that he can kill. But no, but in the second courtroom scene, they do say it was the neighbor's dog. Yes. Okay, okay, yeah. John, I give in. It's the neighbor's dog. You know, I hated this movie, but now we're laughing about it. <laughs> this is why I picked it, because I knew you'd get a laugh out of it. <laughs> oh, before we get past the whole Frozen. So he was frozen all these years. Right. And uh, I had some notes about how Trog is like Walt Disney. <laughs> because Trog, Walt Disney was frozen like Trog, right? Wait a second here. When Walt Disney is this, died, is they this froze how, is this, how, is this how Walt's going to come back? <laughs> Because I may never go back to Disneyland. Well, that's, that's, that's the whole plan. He was frozen. You didn't know this? Because, of, because, you know, the day I go to Disneyland again will be the day that Walt gets unfrozen <laughs> and he'll just go on this troglodyte rampage. Well, Trog has a lot in common with Walt. Trog, okay, go ahead. Like Indeed. Walt Disney, Trog likes dolls and trains. Dolls and trains, okay. Like, like Walt Disney, Trog uh, hates and kills dogs. <clears throat> And Trog, Trog like Pluto. Trog like Walt Disney likes to kidnap little children and take them to his cave. Come on, there's so many things. You know, Trog has in common with Walt Disney. And that did put that in her autobiography. (laughs) Did she? She did. Yeah, Uh she always like she was 13 on the Mickey Mouse Club, and like Walt would snatch her up and take her to his cave. Now are you making something up? Because now I feel bad if that's true. What what does your gut tell you, Tim? What does your gut tell you? (laughs) Okay, let's move on. So music. Hey, you're the one. You, who brought up, wait, you're the one who brought up Walt Disney. Okay, don't be like like Walt Disney. Classical music soothed thoughts. Trog, but rock and roll drove him insane. I know that was the anti. That was yeah, Fred, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That was the. I think uh, the Joan anti- put that in there. She had a vendetta against the yeah, Beatles back yeah. then. I want Benny Goodman. Let's move on. We're getting a lot of trouble here. Let's move on. Oh, so so anyway, so they put this transmitter in Trog, and they're showing him these pictures of dinosaur skeletons. Now, wait, wait. This transis, did this go in his stomach? Because that's why I was confused. I I don't know. I think it went into his, maybe it went into his arm. I don't know. But is this what, because this is supposed to make it painful. It was like, you know, it was like the size of a, yeah, like a transistor radio. That must have been very uncomfortable being under the skin. And was that what made him able to talk? Because they weren't clear about that either. No, I think he just he's just that smart. <laughs> but what was that for? I thought they were putting in a shocker so they could shock he, him when he just he was on the same line. I think they just wanted to keep track of him. Maybe they were just going to let him roam free and it would be a tracking device. I don't know. Just like, yeah, Mr. John Hinckley. So yeah, just like Mr. John Hinckley. It all comes Hinkley. back around. It does all come back around. <laughs> But then they but then they start showing Trog these pictures of dinosaur skeletons 
and he starts remembering things about. And did you read about this? It was actually a, a Ray mm-hmm. Harryhausen. Yeah, uh, you know who he is. Stop, right? stop, oh yes. Okay. Uh, his last film, the original Clash of the Titans, mm-hmm. is we, one of my favorites. I mean, let's, let's not go down that road. We'll watch. We'll watch one of his movies. We'll watch one of his movies one day. No, I love that stop motion photography. So that took up a. They must have. They must have not really. Have, they realized they didn't have a strong script. Because that, that sequence took... Yeah. Was that a good, like, 15 minutes? Uh, when I, they, they gave him a shot of LSD, and he starts seeing dinosaurs. <laughs> but, here's but, the thing about the, but here's the thing about this. Troglodyte didn't roam the Earth until I 65 know. million years after the dinosaur. I was shouting that at the TV the whole I time know. I was watching I this. know. I know. It's like, I Joan don't... Crawford, if you're such an awesome anthropologist, you should be pointing this out. Well, they 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 had that stop motion animation that Harryhausen did for that movie. Uh, Animal, so they, what was it called? Animal World or yeah? Animal, I don't know. They only had that or the animation, the stop motion animation he did for uh, Debbie Does Dallas Three. Mm-hmm. And you know he did a lot of por- porno stop motion animation. I don't know if you know they, that. About they Harry always Housen. say the Clash of the Titans was his final film. Not true. No, nope. not true. There was <laughs> Debbie Does Dallas. Four. Uh, th- uh, was it three or four, Tim? <laughs> four. He did two of them. It was four. Four was going to be the direct video. Um, the live action features. Uh, f- um, the live action featured uh, Piazzadora. All right. And uh, yeah, or one of the Landers. Maybe it was one of the Landers sisters. Anyway. Okay. But uh, you're, yeah, you're going into a realm I don't know. You don't remember, like uh, anyway, you uh, you weren't watching that in well, the '80s. Okay. No. Anyway, anyway so, we, we were talking about Harryhausen, but the, did that animation? He did the animation. He did the stop animation. And that, that scene get, that scene had no purpose I can think of. That's just that without it, this, the movie would have only been an hour. Yeah, so so the, the angry Murdoch who hates the troglodyte, I don't know. He, he didn't have much of a plan. He unlocks the cage and throws the lock at Trog. Well, what did he do first, walk, though? Oh, he smashed the lab. Yes, yes. Well, no, and before that, he urinated in the corner in Joan's chair. Then they cut that, Tim. You, you were <laughs> you were obviously watching a director's cut because that woman, that woman <laughs> needs to get her office furniture urinated on. No, yeah. he knocked out the. Did he knock out the guard with a with a crowbar? That was kind yeah, of that's, that that's, was kind of extreme. I thought you know that's that's mod level. That's uh, mod level violence. That's mod level killing. Yes. The, well, I don't know if he kill. killed him. He, he didn't kill him, did he? I don't know. If you get you were getting that sort of blunt force trauma to the head <laughs> with a crowbar, I think he'd want to be dead. If he wasn't dead, so, then he's just he's just a, he's just in a vegetative state in some you know sanitarium in the north of England to this day. He he smashes yeah the lab the lab up and. Basically, let's try free. Yep. And don't really, he just un, unlocks it and throws the lock at him and closes the door. It's kind of silly. Yeah, it is silly. And then as he's going to his car, who jumps over the wall of the manor house? <laughs> yes. Trog. And, and he, he and he kills Mr. He kills Mr. Murdoch. Actually, he didn't. I heard, I, I listened later in the film. They were like, he's in the hospital for recovery. Oh, is he really? Oh. Because I think if he killed him, then the police would be like, "Yeah, we're going to kill him." But if they didn't kill him, Joan Collin, Joan, Joan oh. Rivers could still be like, "Joan Rivers could be like, can we talk? We can't kill him. Can, yes. we, can we talk? We can't kill Trog. Can we talk?" <laughs> oh, the, the troglodyte man. He was also in Doctor Who. Anyway, Joe Cornelius. I think I believe so. Or did I get that? Oh, oh, the the beefy guy, the hunk. He was in Doctor Who. The yes. seventies, yeah, yes, yeah. Everybody, everybody was in Doctor Who. Everybody except, except for Joan Crawford. Except for Joan Crawford was <laughs> Crawford? either okay. Doctor Who, a Batman movie, or a <laughs> yes. Britcom, right? And then basically, Trog oh, is loose. Well, he goes. Well, out this and- this at least this part of the movie is fun. I knew it was coming. I was like, so what's he going to do? Is he going to climb, escape, and climb the clock tower in the town or something? But Trog goes on his rampage, and he does something that. As, as gruesome as a scene from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I was kind of mm-hmm. shocked. That's like a, say, You want to say it? You want, you're dying to say it. Aren't you? No, you want to say it. I don't, you know, it's about the butcher, right? Yeah, he puts him on the meat hook. Yes. Which 
right after he throws the green grocer through the plate glass window of his for denying him an apple. He must die. Him an apple, yeah. He was a very good (laughs) actor, that green grocer, because he actually died with his eyes open. Ah, that's right. He was laying there. I was wondering if that was a still shot. Yeah, yeah. Then he pushes a car over. It's a brick car, so it goes yeah, bursts into flames as soon yeah, as it I mean, tips over. Yeah. It's like, like literally, like it doesn't. It barely touches the paint. <laughs> Maybe it was a Ford Pinto. Remember the Ford yes. Pinto they had to take I off know. the market because you got rear-ended and it burst into the flames. Well, we, got some, we got we have some leftover Ford Pintos. We could. Uh... Dirk, I hope cars in England are better than that now. I, I worry I about so you. Too. That's probably why they drive on the left side. It's got to be something to do with that spontaneous combustion. Yes. Of the car. <laughs> it's the left side. The left side of the road is closer to like fire hydrants or something. Maybe. Well, they don't they know. don't use gas over there. They use petrol. Petrol, yes, yes, petrol, which is um, pig urine, I, I believe. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> yeah, I think that's what, which is highly flammable. Everybody knows that. Um, yeah, and so, then so then after oh, the car bursts into flames, he kidnaps they, a young they, girl. Basically, the rest of the movie is King Kong. Yeah. He just picks a random girl. Kids picks a random her. girl, picks her up off the slide. He's He was obsessed with her and uh, wanted yep. to, to prove, he, he after he kidnapped her, he was going to, you know, go shoot and Ronald Reagan. Ah, that joke's going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> too soon, Tim. Too soon. He was... <laughs> too yeah. soon. Well, I have a feeling. I have a feeling that in his in his troglodyte mind, the little girl reminded him of Anne, Joan Crawford's daughter, who I think he had fallen in love with. Yes, and the doll, and the doll. So you know, mm-hmm. the blonde oh, or the doll. A, I hadn't thought. Fair play to you, Tim Hamilton. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> the doll. Yes. I'm always thinking race. You are. I got to wake up early in the morning. I got to wake up early in the morning to get to keep up with you. And I'm already getting up at three thirty in the morning. I don't know how much earlier I can get up. The blonde, blonde Aryan woman. She's she's you know she's the, the goddess. The, the ideal for, ideal for the troglodyte. Yes. Yes. So and he, then he takes her back to the cave. Right. How he finds the cave that easily because he was sedated when he got taken out of it. Right. But he, he he finds it immediately. He could smell it. He could smell it. He could smell. It. He could. He had other pairs of furry underwear in, in the cave, and he yes. could smell. It. It, was, it was his laundry day when they came in and shot him with a tranquilizer gun. And uh, yeah, so basically, Joan Crawford goes in. Oh, Trump, oh the, give me the girl. Right. Oh, you were going to say something about no, the mother. The I've interrupted mother. you. The young girl, Kim. Yeah. That, that you think he was in love with. She mm-hmm. was she was in Star Trek Generations. She actually played Picard's wife. Is that where I'd seen her before? Okay. Well, I didn't remember her. Um, I, I mean, see, everybody in this movie looked familiar to me. Oh yeah. So anyway, I'm sorry, interrupt. Almost, almost I knocked everybody. you off the rails. No, I mean, I just want to make sure I'm not going too quickly here. But let, I, mean, I think I think it's time to get this over, don't you? So Joan <laughs> Joan goes in and talks to Trog soothingly and gets a little girl and she gets out of the cave. And, and I guess they're the police. I didn't think police were allowed to have guns in the UK. Maybe nope. it was the army. I don't know. Yep. And they shoot, they start shooting at Trog and then sh- Trog falls over and his torso impales itself on a stalactite. Yes. They couldn't just shoot him with machine guns. He had to fall. Right. He had to fall on the stalactite. <laughs> the stalagmite is the one that goes from Slag the floor. Might. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Stalagmite and stalactite is one There's there's a lot of spelunkers listening to this podcast. You got to get your terminology right. Did I say that? Did it was a stalagmite? I think so. And I think stalactite. You you do. You're not letting me get my question right. A a stalactite (laughs) is the one that comes from the ceiling down. True. True. If you are a spelunker, what is it again? Spelunker. Spelunker. Mm -hmm. That sounds vaguely obscene. Uh, If you are a spelunker, please. Please come on the show. Please come on the and, show and, and, and be interviewed. And, by and us. show me the error of my ways if I have made any. So basically, yeah. So basically, the, and the movie ends with basically with, it's Kong the giant, the giant typography the, credits. Sorry, the, the the gist of yeah. So did you, you know watch all the gonna, credits? With I didn't. I turned it off when the credits came. I, I was ready for it. I was ready for it to be over. Okay, and, and I didn't I'm gonna know. Be up, and I'm going to be upfront with you. I. I 
I have a I have a little 10 second fast forward on my I got it through Google Play. I rented <laughs> it for a dollar ninety nine. John, John, number I, one. I, number one, you wanted to watch this movie. And I he did not fast forward through any of it. I fast forward I did fast forward through the stop animation of the dinosaurs a couple times. It's like, okay, enough. Uh, enough. <laughs> I got the point, you know. I'm done with Trog, Tim. I'm done, done with, with Trog. Trog. I won't let it end. You're trying to go. And we're an hour and 15 minutes into this dog and pony show. It's time to, it's time to move on. Yes. Make it tight. It's it's, it's so much fun, more fun to edit when there's like, that's what I'm saying. When Adam Pittman is on and sticking to a schedule. Well, Adam Pittman was, you know, he's like, I can't, I can't, I can't, he he was suffering no fools, Adam Pittman. He's like, I've got an hour for you. We got an hour and six minutes out of him. I was very pleased with that. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Adam. So, you, now, so oh, yeah, you had something. You this is what I want to do. I, was, I wanted to bring up about the partial episode I saw of Maud with Ed Begley Jr. Okay. And then I wanted to do my little quiz, Ed Begley Jr., Frank okay. Sinatra Jr., or Desi Arnaz Jr. So you're saying it's, it's quiz time. I think it's quiz time. I'll call it the Bibco Brain Twist. SETI Q and A. I love answering quizzes. I love asking questions. I'll call it SETI Q and A again. I do love quizzes. Do you like quizzes, John? The Bibco Brain Twist. I love quizzes. Brainstorm. The Bibco Brainstorm. Theme song. Mm, no. Yeah, this was the first season. This was an episode called Maud's Problem. The pilot. Was this the pilot? Okay, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Because the episode they showed an episode before called Maud Meets Florida. Yeah, I she wonder came if in they, later. Okay. Anyway, so they John. were showing him out of se- they were showing him out of sequence. John, who's who's does, the does, who's does, who's the mod expert? I'm, I'm pointing sorry, to myself. Tim. I'm, I'm sorry, Tim. I, I just yeah, I just caught myself right there. It's like it would be like arguing with Carl Sagan about interplanetary travel. I True. realized as soon as I <laughs> put that out of my mouth. So anywho, right. I was watching this called Maud's Problem and. Maud is convinced her daughter Carol is having an affair. It turns out she's going to see a psychiatrist. And it has nothing to do with the plot, but in the very beginning of the episode, uh, the doorbell rings, Maud opens the door, and there's a young man standing in on the front porch. And he's talking about he is for, with an organization. He is a Vietnam veteran, and he is with an organization raising funds for the Vietnam veterans. And Maud immediately says, oh, really? Where in Vietnam were you? I was a foreign correspondent there. I know every inch of that country. And the guy starts stammering because it's actually a fraud. Ah. And, and, and Maud says to him, you know, they did the same thing after World War II as well. She goes, let me give you some advice. Get a real job, blah, blah, blah. And he goes <laughs> up. And the actor is playing Ed that Be- young man is Ed Begley Jr. Yes. One of his earliest roles. And that was just a one-off joke. That was it. Was just that was the, that was the scene. He was like okay. on screen for however it took that sixty seconds. Okay, very brief, very very brief. So I got thinking about Ed Begley Jr. Okay, of course he was the the son of actor Ed Begley, mm-hmm. and I got thinking of other performers, entertainers. With with the junior suffix in their name, so I've come up in this week's edition of the SETI Q and A. SETI Q and A. I'm titling this Ed Begley Jr., Frank Sinatra Jr., or Desi Arnaz Jr. Okay. So basically, Tim, I'm just going to ask you a few questions, and you tell me if I am talking about Ed Begley Jr., Begley Frank Sinatra Jr., wait, or Desi Arnaz Jr. You need to write that down. Ed, what's the other one? Ed Bagley. <laughs> the second one. Yeah. All right. uh, Frank Sinatra. Ed, Ed Bagley. Frank no. Sinatra. Frankie, Frankie Jr. And Desi Arnaz. Desi's. Desi Jr. <clears throat> I got it. I wrote it down. We're, we're ready for You're Bimco, ready? Bimco Brain Busters. Okay, first question. <laughs> Which of these three's father did not win the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor? Three did not win the best supporting. Right, best did supporting. Not. His his father did not win the Academy Award for best supporting actor. 
Oh, did not win the hmm best supporting. I'm going to say Frank. It's probably a trick question because Frank won all the top awards. No, so. Frank Sinatra did win the Academy Award for best supporting actor. What an insult! For from here, from for from here to eternity. Ugh. Uh, the answer was Desi Arnaz Jr. Ugh. That's Desi my Arnaz, first thought. Desi Arnaz did not win an Academy Award. I, I don't think he won any for anything, right? I don't. I don't even think he. Got, I don't even think he ever got nominated for an Emmy. To be honest with you, Ugh, I should have gone with my instinct. Yes. Okay, in a related question, and he claims that his father drove around with his Oscar in the trunk of his car so that fans could get a picture of him and his Oscar. Hmm. Which which father of these three? Which father of these <clears throat> three? Bagley, Frank, or Desi? Well, since Desi didn't win an since Oscar. Since Desi didn't win the <clears throat> Oscar, so we can... Okay. Uh... I never see pictures of Ed Bagley's father doing that. That sounds like something like Frank would do. What do you think? Really? You really think Frank would do something like that? You think Frank would drive around and it was an Oscar? Mr. Bagley. Mr. Bagley does it. Mr. Bagley, exactly. Ed Bagley. Yay. 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 So I can look on the internet and I'll find lots of pictures of him doing that. I Actually, it 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 was, I've never seen it on the internet. It was an old... Interview with Johnny Carson. Oh, well, and, I John- I, and I think I was high that night. Chances are it was 1989. I was probably high. Um, and I remember him talking about his dad. He had his Oscar in the trunk of his car and he would drive around and he would he'd meet up with fans and he'd John- open up the trunk and pull out his Oscar and he'd take a picture with him, the fan, and the Oscar. John, you got you. If you want to see the pictures of him doing that, you got to turn your safeties off on your Google search. Okay, I bet you that's it. And you'll find all the pictures because because John <laughs> Hamill is also in that. Yes, he's in there too. He's also in that picture. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So I got one point. So you got one point. You're one. So you're fifty percent. Okay. Who was kidnapped from Harris Lake Tahoe, room four seventeen, on December eighth, nineteen sixty three? Was it Ed Bagley no. Jr.? Was it Frank Sinatra Jr.? Or was it Desi Arnaz Jr.? Them or their father was kidnapped? Them. Oh, okay. So we're not talking about the Lindbergh baby. No, it's not the Which Lindbergh one? baby. Kidnapped? Oh, Frank, obviously. Frank has all Frank the money. Frank Sinatra to, Jr., very good. You're very good. <laughs> He's got the money to, to yeah, blackmail him yeah. with. Yeah, he was 19 years old. He got kidnapped. Yep. Um, Ooh, two points for me here on two points. You're, yeah, two for three. Bimco brain bashers. If, if, if this was NPR, uh, wait, wait, don't tell me. You would have won it for the listener. Yep, I would have won it. For I'm going to give one more. I'm going to do one more question. This is for Adam. Then that's he's our listener. Oh, is he listening? Oh, <laughs> if he I win, heard, if I win, his, <laughs> he just heard his name. And now that we're not talking about it anymore, he's turned this off. Don't even think he's still <laughs> listening to this. If he wins, uh, I'll, I'll play Bigfoot for him if he ever makes another one. He had a hit called I'm a Fool, which reached number 17 on the Billboard Hot 100 with two high school friends. What year? 1964. Oh, or well, five. that's. Then you get, you're, you're giving it away then. That's Desi. He was a teenager then. Was it Desi Arnaz? It was Dino. Dean Martin Jr., actually. See, we worked on oh. another junior there. Desi Arnaz and Billy Henshi, who was this half Filipino kid that went to high school with them. They didn't have any. Hmm. Actually, they got their they had their audition with Reprise Records with Frank Sinatra. Ah, Frank okay. Frank signed him because he and Dean Martin were very good friends. Ah, man. But it's, oddly, all, it's all who you know, John. Well, you know, it it's is all who you know. Who, it's who? all he. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Exactly. Who, who does John Hinckley know that's going to be special guests at his his, perform, his performance? That Actually, that would be a reason to show up. Like, who's <laughs> yes. going to introduce him? Who's going to, it's going to be who's going to introduce him. It's going to be somebody big. Maybe it's, it's Carrot, Carrot like Top. Carrot Top introduces Meryl John Streep Hinckley. Or, you know, Meryl Streep. I'd like to introduce my personal friend. <laughs> But I did. But but as I was coming up with this quiz, when I looked up that information about Desi or Dino, Desi and Billy, Desi Arnaz Jr. is not actually Desi Arnaz Jr. His name is Desi Dado Arnaz the Fourth. Whoa! Why? Mm-hmm. Because Desi Arnaz was his father, and 
nobody knew his grandfather, his great grandfather. Okay, one more question, Tim, and then we're done, I promise. No, I love this. He was married for five years to Joan Crawford. Hmm, that has to be Mr. Ed Bagley Sr. No, it's it's got to be a ju- it's got to be a junior. Oh, it's one of the, well, uh, what? It's got to really? be a junior. Got to be a junior. Uh, Frankie Junior. Come on, who else would marry? No, it's a trick question. It was actually Douglas Fairbanks Junior. Oh God, that's no fair. <laughs> it was just a bonus. I thought I said it was a bonus question. It doesn't count. <laughs> so Tim, very good. Three of three out of four. Very good. Yes. I am very impressed. No, I think that was two out of four. No, it was three out of four. Oh, okay. I'll take you got it. A, you, you got, who got kidnapped from Harris? Oh, um, yeah. I did kind of have to do a little prodding with the Oscar and the trunk. <laughs> um, and you got um, the Dino, I've, Desi, and Billy question. Yes, I've won the first, well. the first Seti Bisco. Yeah, Seti Bisco. Seti Bisco Q&A. Bisco Brain Buster Twisters. Seti Disco Biscuit Disco Buster Quiz. Anyway, anyway, Tim, this is the end. If you want to send us an email, send us an email, setibimco at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Twitter, setibim and seti underscore bimco at Instagram. And next week we have a guest. I never say their names because they keep shifting, but we do have a guest, an amazing right. guest. All right. I'll, uh, I'll see you next week, John. All right, Tim. Boy, <laughs> this was painful. <laughs> Seti Binko is a podcast by Tim Hamilton and John Kelly. Produced by Miss Lee. Music by Tim Hamilton. This has been a Pity Party Line production. Party Line. It's a party line.